Welcome to the Tri-Valley Parenting Podcast. We exist to educate and empower parents of teenagers so that families can thrive. Here's your host, Anthony McLeod. Well, welcome to episode three of our podcast today. We're going to be talking about the topic that makes parents cringe more than any other topic, and that is dating. Yes, your kids have hormones. We know. And eventually they will fall into what they think is forever love. And I ask a lot of parents this question, are you ready for that day? To help us today, we brought in a good friend of mine. His name is Timothy Barley, and Tim has been working with teenagers for over 25 years. And he's going to give us some helpful insights into working uh, with students on their romantic relationships. Now, whether you've worked with kids for 25 years or 25 minutes, you know that this topic needs to be addressed. All too often, I see teenage dating relationships end in a fiery wreck because their relationship is like a car. But their parents never taught them how to drive, and they accelerate way too quickly until they spin out, and not one but two hearts are wounded in the wreckage. And into their future relationships, and yes, even into their marriages, they carry these scars. Here's our interview with Tim. You know, in the Bible Belt, you yeah. know, raised, you know, in the in the Deep South, and those things made sense to me, and so gave my life to Jesus at a, at a young age when I was uh, about twelve. But I knew about him long before. As you can probably tell from the first twenty seconds of this interview, Tim is a deeply religious guy like me. He's a pastor, and you're going to hear this come out in our interview because we don't separate who we are from what we do. But if you're listening, and this isn't your background. Please, I would just ask, keep your mind open because I think that there's some practical insights that Tim offers. Uh, and even though we approach this topic from the angle of our own convictions, there are principles that hold true for a wider audience. And, and Anthony, I grew up with just a deep love and appreciation for my parents. Uh, you know, I was a brat and I was rebellious uh, toward them, but in some ways, the thought of disappointing my mom and dad was the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. And I talked to high school students about that today, and a lot of them are just like, huh? Now, Tim is already hitting on a theme that is so important to consider when it comes to your kids and their thoughts on dating. No matter how loud your voice is, there's a voice that will always compete with yours. Culture. Culture has a strong opinion on dating. Culture has a stronger following than you. And culture has the strongest pull on young people. Tim will help us unpack this. And when I talk to parents today, I let them know that those days are gone. Because, you know, when I grew up, there was a community of people who were pretty much on the same page, either spiritually or morally, but those days are gone. The, The idea of, you know, your neighbors, teachers, coaches, employers all instilling in your kids the same values that you do does not happen. And so any parent who's not strategizing uh-huh. and not intentionally investing in their kid yeah. is really, I mean, not to be harsh, but but irresponsibly raising their kids. you got to get to that point today. So when I moved out to California and started serving here, I began to notice some things that were happening in 
not only the culture at large, but even within the, the culture within our own church family. And that was this mentality that teenagers really were writing their own script when it came to dating. And that a lot of parents were standing on the sidelines and letting it happen. Yeah. That for some reason they bought into this idea, parents, that we are hands-off now when it comes to the dating lives of, of our kids. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to some high school students who had boyfriends or girlfriends, and their parents had never met their boyfriend or girlfriend, and in some cases didn't even know they were dating. And so I began to, to see a lot of unhealthy outcomes from that. A lot of parents, they grew up obviously in a different era, a different age. Things were culturally different. I even heard uh, my mother-in-law was talking to her uh, and she said when she was in high school, Mm -hmm. they would go up, and I think it was my mother-in-law, they would go up to Walnut Creek and this is what like, this is what dating looked like. They would drive uh, their cars down Main Street of Walnut Creek and boys would be in other cars and they would pass each other in their convertibles, and they would flirt with each other. And cruising. that was like, cruising, yeah. <laughs> like, that was the yeah. thing to do yeah. on a Friday night Absolutely. if you lived in this area. So so dating looks a lot different nowadays, obviously, than it looked back then. And, and that's such a great, great analogy, Anthony, because that, that idea of cruising, I mean, today it, it's, it's unthinkable for some parents. Yeah. But remember, that was during a time in our culture where there was a shared morality, you know, and in some cases, even a shared spirituality, and and there was no fear yeah. that a girl was going to you know be assaulted, you know, if, by meeting a strange boy that she'd never seen before. I mean, some of our parents would say, "Well, that's how I met my husband. That's how I met my wife. That's how you know our our love story started." Yeah. But let's just talk about what's happened today. Now, there's been such a change in the landscape culturally. And so not everyone shares the same view of morality. Not everyone shares the same view of, of, of sexual boundaries. Not everyone shares the same definitions for respect. Hmm. Not everyone shares the same definitions for what, what dating should look like or what it shouldn't look like or what love is or, or how to respond to someone that's interested in you romantically and how to progress hmm. physically in a dating relationship. And so it's everything's up for grabs. Everything's up for grabs. And so you never know what you're getting into. You know, your your daughter could have been raised in your home with strong values and a sense of, you know, respect for herself, a sense of uh, respect for, you know, others, a very strong sense of, you know, I'm going to postpone sexual, you know, activity until marriage. You know, this is what the Word of God says. This is what my parents have taught me. But then she meets this guy, you know, and he is, you know, popular kid, smooth talker, you know, has been in lots of dating relationships. And all of a sudden he tells her, oh, baby, we don't need to wait. You know, we don't. Why would we do that? You know, we love one another. You know, this is this is real. You know, this is going to last forever. And all of a sudden he starts laying these lines on her that he's heard from someone else or seen in media or, or whatever. And then she begins to wonder, you know what? He's not the only one that's saying this, and I've got other friends that are making the same kind of choices. I wonder if my parents are like caught in this time warp, you know, that's no longer, you know, valid in the current culture that we live in. And so she doesn't talk about this. Yeah. You know, these are just thoughts in her mind. And then 
she continues to spend time with this boy because you're thinking is well, we've raised our daughter yeah. to respect herself, yeah. you know, to know what her values are. But this other guy is basically dismantling, you know, all these values, all these, you know, convictions that she's had, and she's not she's not like sounding off with anyone else about this, not talking to anyone else about this. And the next thing you know, she's slowly began to move into kind of a, a, a cycle of compromise. And again, she's keeping it quiet because now there's there's shame and, and there's secrets and there's guilt and all these other kinds of things that have happened. And then one day the boy says, you know what, maybe this thing's not going to last as long as we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you're not the one I was looking for. And she's like, whoa, 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 I gave you everything. Yeah. I trusted you. And so we find ourselves in this kind of situation. That's one scenario. Yeah. The other scenario is that there's, there's, and this is really probably even more troubling, yeah. is that there seems to me a, a hardening of the hearts of a lot of kids who will get in relationships like that, but they've convinced themselves, oh, this is no big deal that I gave myself to him or gave myself to her. Hmm. And they no longer want to be in a relationship. That's just the way they're working. Tim earlier took us through a scenario that I think is all too common. And it's a scenario that begins with children whose parents have raised them with a certain set of convictions or values. And over time, they just get chipped away at and uh, convinced by culture and by others around them that their parents' thoughts on dating are outdated or archaic. I've seen this happen way too much. come in and deconstruct what the parents have taught their kid for years and all of a the sudden they'll be thinking okay um, are my parents off here and you say you even use the word a time warp are they stuck in the past are they stuck in a time warp because I'm hearing different things from kids my age than I'm hearing from my parents and in fact that was one thing is, is one day I um, had actually got done speaking about dating. And a young lady came up to me, and I'll never forget these words. She came to me and said, "Um, Anthony, when you said that, I finally realized my parents weren't crazy because there's somebody else that is affirming their side. Like I feel like a lot of parents really just need, um, because they feel this way, but the culture just screams to them that the way that they're handling their kids' relationships is wrong. So... I want to really touch on that topic because I think that's huge and parents need the affirmation. When we were talking on the phone, you had said something about um, how the culture really speaks to kids and says that your parents have nothing relevant to say about your dating relationship. Just unpack that for me because that's that's deep. So I often go into classrooms, high school classrooms, public and private. And it's it's interesting because I'll, I'll ask them, so how many of you are plugged into different uh, forms of media, you know, uh, every day? When we say whether it's television or the Internet uh, or specifically the social media yeah. or music or movies or whatever. And so I, I asked them, so raise your hand and tell me if you're plugged into at least one form of media every day. And every hand in the room will go up. And, I, and then I'll ask them, keep your hand up if you're plugged into two or more forms of media a day every hand continues to stay up. Yeah. And then I'll say three or more. 
most hands stay up. Yeah. And I'll say four more. Some hands are still up, and then I'll stop them. And I'll, and I'll ask them, that's a lot of messages yeah. that you're receiving every day. I said, are all those messages beneficial you know, for your life? And are all those messages true and, and accurate in what they're conveying to you? And they know that it's not. And so like, no, I'm like, well, how do you know the difference? And guess what answer I get most of the time from them? What's that? Common sense. Huh. Now, these are 14, 15-year-olds who yeah. are saying, I'll determine which messages are most beneficial for my life through my common sense as a 14 or 15-year-old. Okay. And I'm thinking <laughs> in my mind and my heart, oh, sweet Jesus, we are in trouble. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what they're using yeah. to base these things. And not that they're dumb, you yeah. know. But what I am saying is that's the filter that a lot of them are using to determine what's beneficial, what's right for my life. Yeah. So what are these messages? Well, and I'm telling you, Anthony, whether it's the Disney Channel, yeah. you know, music, movies, there is this recurring theme that we constantly see that parents are the enemy, hmm. that parents are out of touch, hmm. that parents don't know what they're talking, they don't get their kids, Yeah, you know? And that's reiterated over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and again, I know there are exceptions, but the majority of the messages that are communicated through the media today are that families are dysfunctional, yeah. you know, parents are out for themselves, Yeah, and so kids are left with these impressions, and remember, they're receiving all these different messages on a daily basis, wow. and so... They go home and they watch their mom and dad and listen to their mom and dads and they're like thinking, man, and they don't necessarily make this connection, but yeah. they're like, these people are nuts. They're telling me that I need to postpone sex until marriage. Yeah. They're telling me that I need to wait to date until after I get out of high school. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. And again, the messages that they're hearing and seeing indicate, man, high school dating, you know, drinking, drugs, you know. Hurting myself if things don't go right. Yeah. Obviously, you know, intimacy within high school dating relationships is the norm from the from the messages that we're receiving in the majority of the media. Yeah. So this is a battle that parents hopefully already know. You know the role of uh, of us as parents is to say, okay, how do I how do I target my kid's heart, helping them understand what is God's desire for you. What is God's best for you? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to hold out for that yeah. even when everyone around you seems to be compromising and going for something less than what God desires? This idea that in this culture, relationships are something that you cannot touch. You can't touch people, the who people fall in love with. You can't touch um, love dating in general, right? That becomes somebody's personal choice. It becomes their own privacy. And I think that that is, it's really being given to the the next generation, to our kids. And so our kids are really taking on these mentalities that, you know, mom, dad, you can't touch this. You can't touch it. And I know, like, they look around at all their friends and their their friends' parents are not, you know, getting a hold of their, their dating relationships. They're letting them do what they want. Um, so this really becomes, it becomes a battle that these parents are facing. Okay, so the picture you're getting here is that there's probably going to come a moment when your kids don't want your input on their dating relationship. And parents will feel, in this moment, this power dynamic shift out of their hands and into their kids' hands. 
So Tim and I, we talk about how to overcome this because whether they want it or not, you need to be a part of their relationship. They need you in these moments. Let's talk about at least two different categories of parents. Some parents, unfortunately, uh-huh. have set themselves up for that. Yeah. You know, they have been absent. They have been preoccupied with life in the Bay Area, uh-huh. you know, where they have to earn a lot of money to live here. Yeah. They're working hard, thinking, I'm doing this for you kids. You know, I'm doing this so you can have a beautiful home and a Bay Area lifestyle. But unfortunately, the trade-off is quality time, you know, with their their children. Yeah. And so they've missed it. And so and, and also on top of that, they may not be modeling a relationship that their kids want for themselves. Huh. You know, they may look at their mom and dad and say, I never want a marriage like this. They are fighting. Wow. They don't respect one another. You know, so again, why, why would why would a kid want to involve a relationship like that mm-hmm. in their own dating relationship, their their mindset is, wow. I would do it better on my own. Yeah, you know, I, forget these guys. Yeah, you know, even though from a biblical perspective, whether they like them or not, parents are are worthy of being obedient to. Yeah. They're they're finding a way to somehow justify that because the example they're setting in their relationship with one another is so unhealthy that the children are saying. I, I can justify not having to consult them or consider them on any level. My relationship is, is off limits. So Tim offers to us one possible solution to the pushback that we get from our kids in the area of dating, and that is our healthy marriage. Interesting. I once heard it said that the best gift that you can give to your kids is a healthy marriage. So, is your marriage healthy? Is your marriage an example worth emulating? If so... Your kids will want to be just like you, and they'll want to know how you did it. Tim offers us another solution. I call it I-parenting. Yeah. Intentional parenting. And it's like every day spending time just processing through your kids. So how was your day? You know, what? because if you're like doing that monthly or every so often... Just think about on a daily basis the messages that these guys are are hearing, the things they're seeing, what the what they're being influenced by. It's a lot to deprogram, yeah. you know, if you wait too long. So, what are you doing to shepherd their heart? Are you saying, "I want to talk to you, son," because these are the expectations that we have for you as your mom, as your dad, in, yeah. in our home. You claim to be a man of God, and we're going to hold you to that standard. Okay, we're going to challenge you to be that standard, and you have the same right to hold us to that same standard. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're growing up, you're you know quickly becoming a young man. You know we want you to, if you see something that's not consistent with who we claim to be as followers of Jesus, you come you come to one of us and you say, hey, I want to I want to ask you about something. You know we do this in a dignified manner, yeah. but we recognize that we don't always do or say things that are right. We recognize that and admit it to you. Yeah. Okay, and we're at that point. You know, my mom and dad would have never said that to me. <laughs> but we're at that place in culture where that needs to happen, okay? And the same thing with our sons and daughters. And, and let them know, you know what? I don't, I'm not always going to be able to watch you. You know, you're going to go over to your friend's house. You're going to go to school. You're going to be in the car with other people. I can't watch you, but yet you know what our standard, you know, for you is. And that is that whether you're here, whether you're there, whether you're wherever, 
you still operate by by these standards of conduct that we're asking you to, to honor because these are God's ways. They're, we are convinced that they're that they're that they're what's good, best, and right for you. And if you don't agree with us, we can talk about that. You know, let's go to the Word of God and let's let's try to understand what where the point of confusion is. But we're everything's discussable. You may not get what you want, but but everything's discussable. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, it sounds like one of the things that, and I'm trying to catch like a, a major theme that you're saying is like the, there's been a power shift. Yes. In this generation, yep. that the kids have the power and the parents don't. Correct. And the biggest shift that needs to happen moving forward is parents taking back that power as parents and not feeling guilty about it because the culture is trying to communicate that that's wrong and not doing it in a power play manner but in a relational correct yes. absolutely in a relational manner because again the power play manner yeah. is exactly what the kids are seeing yeah. you know in the media yeah. you know and in in the messages they're receiving sure. that convinces them this is exactly what what we're what we're trying to fight against so they'll, they'll be like okay you pull your power play but behind the scenes i can justify my defiance because you're overbearing you're out of control you know you're yeah. trying to manipulate you know my life and so it's got to be in a way that that convinces them man i don't like what my parents have decided but i cannot deny that these people love me and that they are looking out for my best. I know that. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And yes, I don't like the fact that I can't sleep with my cell phone, mm-hmm. you know, or that you know I can't you know date this girl that uh, you know I, I just met, yeah. you know, and and we are committed to one another, and I know that she's you know she's the one. Yeah. But they're not letting me. But I keep going back to my parents' track record. Yeah. They have a track record of of making wise choices with me. They have a track record of admitting when yeah. they've blown it. Yeah. You know, they have a track record of always looking out what's best for me and I can't deny that. Yeah. That's great. So so my wife growing up, her parents were very much the ones that were in control of her dating life. And I know a lot of parents that are listening are probably thinking, Wow, this sounds like such a great plan, but it's not practical. Or, wow, that sounds really great, but that, that would never work in, in my household. Or, that doesn't work in this day and age, in this culture that's irrelevant. But, you know, my wife, she grew up where her dad was very much in control. And even, even to the place where we were 21, and uh, or 20, and we were just wanting to, like, start our relationship. And he, like, pumped the brakes and said, we need to go out to Chili's. We need to sit down, and we're going to have a conversation with you before... Uh, we date, and here's the thing: my wife respected her dad right on. because because of his track record, yep. because of his mom and his her, her mom and her dad's relationship, because of his consistent love, his consistent care for her, um, because of because he he really walked out what he was preaching. He wasn't the guy that you know was up on a stage and, and preaching one thing and then behind closed doors preaching something else. He had a track record, and he had he had really given her enough relational investment that he could withdraw a uh, you know this this whole idea of of being in control of her relationship, right? Like he made enough relationship uh, investments with her that she respected him, and she followed that. And uh, and so you know, I, I think what you're saying is 
is totally right on. So and that's textbook. That's yeah. a, that's how it should look. Yeah. That's how it should look. And it's not always that easy because I know that there's a lot of parents, and he would even say that there were uh, actually our last interview with him. He said there were times where we were like, "Oh, this is getting out of control," and they they felt like they were just having to hold on. He said, "But you know that season will pass, uh, the rebellion years will pass, and they'll come back around, and they'll see that you love them if you've made enough relational investments in me." Absolutely, and there's yeah. there's always some some negotiation tactics you can use with your kids. Yeah. You know, what you said earlier, this this relationship with your children. Man, it is absolutely crucial during the high school years. Yeah. I can't tell you how many kids over the years I have talked to who said, I'm just I am just getting by until I get out of high school. Wow. You know, with my parents. You know, I'm just gonna do whatever I need to do to get out of there. Yeah. Instead of saying, Man, I love being with my parents. You know, I love their input in my life. And again for dads to take their sons out regularly yeah you know for moms to take their daughters out for dads to take their daughters out for moms to take their sons out and just kind of connect with them and if you've got a kid that won't talk you can use some of those negotiation chips for you say okay my, my son wants me to take him to you know the movie to, to meet with some friends okay but before we go I'm going to go with you to Chili's and you need to talk to me for, for 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Or else. So we've gotten a ton of great information so far in this interview, but the thing that I really want to do now as this is coming to a close is bring it down to the extremely practical side of things. Now, Tim and I are old school in our thoughts about dating. Talk about archaic. We are not proponents of high school dating because we've seen the ugliest of situations. We're on the front lines dealing with the fallout of these relationships. And so we've seen it all. Now, I know that there are some brave parents out there who are in favor of high school dating, and that's totally cool. That's your decision. So let's talk about some practical steps that you should take if you choose to let your kids date. Because not everybody's going to buy into that whole thought that uh, uh, you shouldn't date in high school. Correct. And I know a lot of parents, I've actually talked to a lot of parents who, who have some actually really convincing reasons why they want to let their kids date in high school. Sure. Um, and I'm I'm the I'm a proponent of I, I don't think high school dating is very good. Uh, I had a lot of relationships and uh, growing up that um, I think really uh, actually crippled me in uh, emotionally. Right. And so for me, I'm not a huge proponent of uh, high school relationships. Right. But um, I know there are a few parents out there who are. And yes. So what what practices for those who choose to let their students be in relationships? What practices do you think are vital? If they don't, if they say, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let my kids date," absolutely, and I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And my, my, my counsel is get ready then, because you better be involved. Yeah. You know, if you are a godly parent and yep. you are an advocate uh-huh. for your son or daughter to date, then get involved. And so here's something that I would do: yeah. if you have a son or daughter who says, "Oh, mom, oh, dad, I met this guy, and like he wants to be my boyfriend, or I want to be, you know, his girlfriend, or, or whatever it may be." Yeah. Then there's a series of questions, you know, to go through that that I, that I would encourage, you know, parents to think about. First of all, say, "Okay." The first question is, "Are you ready?" Huh. You know, are you ready? Yeah. What's going to determine that? Because if you ask your son or daughter who's already spun out on this girl or guy, they're like, "Yeah, I'm ready." Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get some let's get some outside evaluation here. So, and maybe you pick the people. Say, I want you to talk to boom, boom, and boom mm-hmm. people whose counsel you trust, people who and, and who your your son or daughter would say, okay, 
you know, who automatically would say, oh, we're going to ask great granddad, you know, yeah. may not be the wisest choice, but, you know, maybe one of your leaders in the high school ministry, maybe, you know, a, a family friend, you know, some, some people who you say, okay, son, if you want to do this, I want you to meet with three people and I want you to ask them to assess your readiness, hmm. you know, for this, this step that you're, that you want to take. Yeah. Okay. F- a fantastic opportunity for your son or daughter to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, to get some honest feedback. And hopefully these folks are going to not say, oh, dating, romance, yes, I'm a big advocate. And say, okay, wait a minute, let's let's talk through this. Yeah. Here's some here's some habits that I've, uh, some traits that I've noticed that I would encourage you to work on, yeah. you know, before, you know, you get into this dating relationship. Or just be aware that these are some, some uh, characteristics that you need to be aware of as you're entering into this thing. Yeah. That's huge. Obviously, the next thing is, you know, parents are praying with their son or daughter, saying, we're going to pray about this decision, yeah. okay? We're going to make prayer a priority, and we're not just praying for you, we're praying with you, yeah. you know, about this matter, okay? So now your son or daughter is getting this sense of, man, this is being steeped in intentionality. Yeah. You know, we're, we're inviting, you know, the Holy Spirit to come in and to, to guide us yeah. to be a part of this relationship, yeah. okay? Then there is the the infamous meeting with the girl's parents. Absolutely. Okay. That is a must. Okay, and I'm glad you yes. were, were in agreement yes. because, again, this is one of those archaic kind of ideas. But for a young man to go to the parents you know, of this girl, not to ask for her hand in marriage, yeah. but just to say, hey, Mr. McLeod, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Joey, and, you know, I, uh, I've, Think your daughter is amazing, and I'm interested in you know um, pursuing a relationship with her. Yeah, and I um, wanted to to know what your thoughts were uh, about that, mm-hmm. um, and what you thought you know about you know me being in this relationship with her you know could be. Yeah, and so then now you've invited, and again, some parents would be like, "Why are you asking me about that? I could care less." You know, it's, she's she's 15. You know, yeah. she could. And other parents again would be deeply honored. You know, with that, they may say, heck no, you know, we're not, she's not ready for that. Yeah. Or, you know, they may say, man, first of all, I don't know you, but I'm impressed. Yeah. You know, I'm impressed that you had the the courage, you know, to come and ask for this thing to have our blessing on it. Yeah. Okay. So now you've got that set up. Yeah. Okay. Then you look at your, your uh, spiritual community. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now you're. You're seeing this girl, and uh, again, boundaries. Yep. Okay. Boundaries that you've discussed openly with your spiritual support network. Who are the and that's the thing. Who are the people that you're going to give permission to speak into your life? Hmm. You know, who are the people that are going to say, "Hey, after your date, were you were you pure? Were you honorable? You know, did you honor God? Did you obey your parents? You know, all those kinds of things." Yeah. Who are those people? Because you need to have that team set in place uh-huh. before before this dating relationship is going to take off off the ground. Can I add one more thing to your list, yeah, please? Um, I'd say one of the one of the biggest things that I think parents should be aware of is not just who is this boy dating my daughter, or who's this girl dating my son, 
I think one of the biggest things that parents need to be aware of is who are these parents that I'm exposing my child to? Absolutely. And what is their worldview? Yep. You know? So I'd say one of the behaviors has got to be get on the same page with the parents so that you guys know what's expected from both sides. Okay, so long story short, be intentional. But here are those steps just in case you forgot them or you want to break it down even further. Number one, make them ask other people that are wiser than them, am I ready to date? Number two, pray with them. Number three, make them meet with the other person's parents. Number four, make them develop their own physical boundaries so that they know what they're going to do and what they're not going to do in their relationship. Number five, make sure that there's accountability with others, other people who are asking them the tough questions that nobody else is going to ask them. Number six, watch how they spend time together. Make sure that they're never alone. And number seven, meet with their significant other's parents so that you both can get on the same page. And we'll let Tim leave you with this final bit of wisdom that I couldn't find any other place to fit it in in the show, but it was too good to delete. So here it is on trust. One of the big issues we have too, Anthony, is teenagers who will throw this at parents. Well, you don't trust me. You don't trust me. Okay. And... My response is, now hang on just a minute. Are you asking me, do I always trust you to make the right choices no matter what? No, I don't. And I don't always make the right choices. Why would I expect a a, a teenager, 14, 15, 16, to always make the right choices when I, you know, as an adult man, don't always make the right choices, especially when you are in a situation with a gorgeous girl that you're very excited about being with or you're with a lot of other you know, guys that are maybe egging you on to, to do things. So if we're going to go down that road where you're asking me about trust, remember, no, I don't always trust that you're going to make the right choices every single time. Yeah. Okay. So that's just the reality of us living on a fallen earth and of you being the age that you are and where you are. Now, does that mean that I never trust you to ever do anything right? No, I'm not saying that. Okay. So let's make sure we're, we're hearing one another clearly. But remember, when you put yourself in a situation where you are, you know, in, in alone with a, a girl or a guy and there's romantic feelings that are being fanned, that's a very vulnerable place for anyone to be. Absolutely. You know, and so don't tell me, so you got to trust me, mom. you got to trust me that I can make <laughs> the right choices yep. because that's not something that I would trust anybody to do, you know, all, all the time uh, under different circumstances. So we just need to be clear on what we're communicating with our, our kids. Parents will get that a lot. Yes. A lot. Well, that's, that's going to be the first thing that the kid comes Absolutely. Back. And kids think, gotcha. Yep. You know, how yep. are you going to respond to this? Because, yep. you know, a, a good parent never says, oh no, I trust you, I trust you. Well, wait a minute. Let's think about that. You yeah. know, you trust your kid to always make the right choice. Yeah. No one does, yeah. especially when the circumstances, yeah. you know, heighten temptation, you know, heighten the possibility of making a, a selfish or, you know, sinful choice. So that concludes episode three of our podcast, Navigating Your Kids' Romantic Relationships. I hope that you were educated and empowered by Tim, and I hope that this helps you navigate some potentially dangerous terrain 
uh, when it comes to your kids' relationships. Now, we at the Tri-Valley Parenting Podcast make it a goal to bring professionals into your home on your time. And the way that we do that is through our podcast. But we have another ambitious goal, and that is to use our podcast to create community between parents and professionals so that we can dialogue together. The way that we do that is through our live events. We host parent nights on a monthly basis and bring in professionals to talk about topics that are relevant to you as parents. These nights usually happen on the first Sunday night of every month from 5 to 7 p.m. at Valley Christian Center. Our address is 7500 Inspiration Drive in Dublin, California, and the dates are subject to change, so make sure that you stay informed. You can find a list of our speakers and the dates that they're coming in our show notes of every episode, and usually many of our speakers that we come and host on this podcast will end up coming as speakers at our live events. Uh, For instance, Tim Barley, who you heard from today, will be there uh, at Valley Christian Center on March 5th to talk about this same topic of dating. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode of the Tri-Valley Parenting Podcast, please tell your friends about us. You can find us on iTunes by searching Tri-Valley Parenting. We will see you next time.